So we find out that uh, faith is not optional for us. Amen? Faith, according to Scripture, is the only way to live. It's the only way to please God. It's the only way to create. That's how God creates, and that's how his people create. It's the only way to victory. And listen to this. Jerry Seville said it's the only way to be like Jesus. Raise your hand if you want to be like Jesus. Well, there's no other way to operate than by faith. It literally is, in four places in Scripture, uh, described as the prescribed way to live. The just shall what? Live by faith. Now, if you've been born again tonight, if you've given your life to Christ, if you've experienced the new birth, you've been made righteous. And because of that, there's a specific way you and I are told to live, and that way is by faith. Listen to Romans 1.16 through 18, one of those passages that talk about the just shall live by faith. You'll find the others in Galatians, Habakkuk, and, uh, of course, Hebrews. It says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, verse 16, for it is the power of God for salvation. This is from the Amplified. To everyone who believes in Christ as Savior, to the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, both springing from faith and leading to faith. Say that it will be springing from faith and leading to faith. Disclosed in a way that awakens more faith. That is, that is written, and forever remains written, the just and upright shall live by what? Faith. faith. So if we're supposed to live by faith, and I believe we are according to the word of God, and it's rare that scripture would say four times anything like this. It tells us that this is how you and I are supposed to live. Uh, run our lives this way, our finances this way, our marriages this way, our church this way, whatever we're doing, we're supposed to be doing it by faith. So it's not just something we want to hear a message about one time and then file it away. No. We need to become more and more proficient in this lifestyle of faith. And so what I want to do is kind of emphasize this one aspect of walking by faith. But to encourage you tonight, remember that uh, faith is not just some, some spiritual concept or something you read about it on, a, on a wall, a poster of a Christian bookstore or whatever. It's actually a tool that actually accomplishes something. I want you to say it with me. My faith works like a tool. That's something that Oral Roberts began to have revelation of. And other people that uh, were influenced by him, like Kenneth Copeland, said, I watched him in those tent meetings not just pray for people, not just exercise his faith. He said, I watched him use his faith like a tool. And uh, you and I sometimes try to use religion as a tool or hard work as a tool. And I compared it Sunday to using an Allen wrench versus using a power drill with a hex, you know, bit on it. Let me give you a tip. The drill works better and faster. You're not as sweaty or as tired when you use the right tool, amen? And God's prescribed tool for you and for me, of course, is that lifestyle of faith. Not just faith generic for a religious system or a particular persuasion of church, but actually, you know, the way we do what we do. And the Bible tells us now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. The Bible tells us in Galatians 4, 6 that faith works by love. The Bible tells us in 1 John 5, 4 that that's how victory comes. This is the victory that overcomes the world, what? Even our faith. Look at somebody telling them there is no victory outside of faith. You're not going to find it in religion. You're not going to find it in the church membership card. You're only going to find it in faith. Now you can spend 
the rest of your life trying to look for that thing that will produce faith, or you can just accept what the Bible says and become a master of it. Become proficient in the use of your faith. Instead of fighting God, how about you just yield to him with all your heart? Instead of playing games with this stuff, why don't you go all in with God? And say, you know what, I'm going to live this thing to the best of my ability. I'm going to follow him and walk this out and see where he will take you. Jared Savelle will talk about adventures in faith. Isn't that a wonderful way to put it? Why? Because God's always doing something new, doing something great in our lives. Well, we understand that through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. You know, you spend a little time on these scriptures and you realize that uh, we're just not going to get very far without faith. Amen. We're just going to be non-starters, frustrated. We understand according to Scripture, Romans 3.17, that faith is the new marshal in town. It is the law. Not the law of the Old Testament, not the Old Covenant, but the law of faith, believing God. So that's how we're supposed to live, and that's how we're actually measured. Abraham wasn't declared righteous because he kept the law. Can anybody tell me why? (laughs) Because he predates the law. He operated in faith, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Uh, We also know that he gave Melchizedek a tenth of the spoils right after Melchizedek gave him the blessing. And somebody says, well, all that's Old Testament. Well, we'll explain why the writer of Hebrews goes into detail to explain that who he was actually tithing to was Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who is not the God of the dead or the past. He's the God of the living and the present. Are you here today? And the future. When you tithe, you're tithing to him. Now you're following his directions and honoring him, but that's the bottom line. And if Jesus has passed away, then fine. Don't give, don't tithe. You, know, you don't have to do anything as a Christian. But there are a lot of things that if you do, will benefit you greatly. Amen. So I'm just explaining this to you that, that everything you do, you should be doing by faith. Getting up in the morning, go to bed at night, go to work, go to church, do your ministry, whatever it is. Say it with me. I walk by faith and not by sight. And that's the challenge right there. Are you going to operate by what your five senses are telling you or are you going to operate by what did God say? That is the quintessential difference between people walking natural, sense-based lives versus walking by faith. It is the, is the eye of faith stronger in your life than your influence of those five senses on you. And it takes some, some discipline. It takes some training. But everybody in this room can become proficient in this. Um, part of the problem is we spend more time cultivating the five senses. Paying attention to things that do not build faith, but actually detract from and diminish your walk of faith. So say it one more time. I walk by faith, walk by faith. and not by sight. And so we shared this with you Sunday that uh, there, are, there are four components of living by faith. And one is hearing, finding out what God says about a life matter. Um, you're not going to walk by faith by taking a poll. And you're sure not going to find it by watching the news media. If you want to find out what God says about a matter, go to where? Go to his word. Find out what God says about a life matter. You need to believe what God said about that matter. You need to speak, you know, what God said about that matter. And then you need to go out and do what God said about that matter. And if you are consistently walking these principles out, you're living by faith. You say, is that a big deal? Yeah, because when I was a baby Christian, I'd hear people say, well, I'm believing God for this, and I'm believing God for that, and I'm walking my faith here, and I'm walking my faith over there. I'm like, what are they talking about? 
I have faith in Jesus, I got saved. That must be the end of it. No, that was just a starting point. There is a specific prescribed way to live, and this is how you walk by faith. And everybody in this room can do it, and everybody in this room can do it successfully day after day after day. Turn to somebody and tell them, whosoever will. Whosoever. Say it again, whosoever will. So I want to find out how you use faith as a tool, and that starts with the concept of hearing. We've got to find out what God says about a matter. And I wish I could tell you that what God says about a matter is coming clearly from every pulpit in America, but that's a lie. It's not. It's not coming from the news media. It's not coming from your newspaper. It's not coming from most uh, you know, organizations, even so-called Christian organizations. It's not going to come from that. It's going to come, of course, from the Word, but in a specific way in your life. Listen to this from Isaiah 30, 21. You can just jot these scriptures down. And your ear shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it, when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. So can you see here that if you're going to walk circumspectly before the Lord, you're going to walk the path of victory, you're going to walk where God has for you walking, you're going to hear something. And if you don't hear something, you cannot walk where God wants you to walk. Say it with me, I've got to hear it. Psalm 85, 8, let me hear what... God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his saints. Let them not turn back to folly. How am I going to walk in that kind of victory? How am I going to walk in that kind of peace? I'm going to have to hear something. This is to Mark, verse, uh, Mark 4, verse 24. And he said to them, pay attention to what you, to what you what? You hear with the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. It matters what you're hearing. Amen. Say it with me. Faith comes comes by by hearing. hearing. John 8, 47. Whoever is of God hears the words of God. Say, I'm of God. God. What does that mean? It means you're born of God. You can hear. Now, you may not have disciplined yourself at this point to be very, you know, successful or very proficient. And I'm not talking about proficiency tonight. I'm talking about ability. We can grow in proficiency if we want to. But everybody born of God has the capacity to hear from God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. So that pretty much breaks it down, right? The person that can hear God's words, that person's of God. The person that can't is what? Not of God. So it could be the world, could be religion, could be something that's totally antichrist, whatever the case may be. If you're with God, then you have the capacity to hear him. Uh, God's not playing a shell game with us. Aren't you glad for that? He doesn't do the switcheroo. God, can I have, you know, a a bread and he gives you a stone? No, that's not what he does. That's a complete misunderstanding of God's nature. He has nothing but good designed for you. He has nothing but good for your life. But you're going to have to do it his way. Amen. My wish to God when I was, you know, teenager, I understood these things. Uh, I started to get a hold of them later on in college. But I'm going to tell you, uh, to grow up in a place where the word of faith is taught without compromise, without shame. Yes. Amen. Can I say it again? Without shame, without embarrassment. And then to have that presented to you, that could cause you to leapfrog people all through life. Yes. Even if you don't deserve to get that job because somebody else is better qualified, the favor of God is on your life because you've learned how to operate in faith. You're not limited to what you have done or what you can do when you're walking that faith life. Um, it's so critical that you get a hold of this. 
And I wish I could tell you that the pressure is going to diminish in the times we're living in. It's not going to diminish. It's going to get even darker. Sin's going to abound. But what else is going to abound? Grace. Grace. Amen. God's unmerited favor. What you need when you need it. And an interesting thing, the Bible says that we access this grace by what? By faith. Amen. By believing God. And it starts with hearing Him. What about this one? John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they what? They follow me. I tell you, if I've heard this once, I've heard a thousand times as a pastor. I, I can't hear God's voice. Well, there's something wrong. Either you're not born of God or you're not one of His sheep or you've just not been trained to understand how this works. But you have the capacity. Let me say it like this. Not just the capacity. God has the desire to speak to you and that you would hear. But you're going to have to begin to, to filter out all these other competing things that are floating through the air and floating through your brain matter and begin to discern how he speaks, where he speaks, and expect him to talk to you. Why is this so important? Because you're not going to walk by faith if you can't hear him. It's not going to happen. Can you see how the devil would have an interest in making sure that none of us can hear God? Throwing up every distraction, every kind of thing to keep us from the word, from the things of God, from the spoken word of God. Let's move on with this tonight. John 16, 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into what? All truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will Speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Now watch this. Have you ever thought about this? What a speaking ministry the Holy Spirit has. He is the true teacher of the church. And he is speaking. It's just that not all the times are, are we tuned in. Now, when I was growing up, um, we had a television station out of Cape Girardeau and a television station, I believe, out of Paducah and uh, one somewhere else, and that one usually didn't come in. So we had two choices for television. And it had to you know, get, the, get the little uh, rabbit ears just right. And many of you grew up helping the rabbit ears with Reynolds wrap. Amen? You had to get it just perfect so you could actually get it there. Now, the truth of the matter is, were these stations broadcasting? Yes. The problem was not in the broadcasting end. The problem was in the receiving end. And now things are still... You know, a lot more high-tech than that, but if you have Dish or DirecTV and there's a storm out, what happens? Did, did the signal still go? Yeah. Yes, but something was interfering with your ability to receive that, and I hate that when it happens in the middle of a ball game. I just hate when that happens. <laughs> How dare that devil interrupt that ball game? But is, is God broadcasting? Yes. Write this down, 24-7. And he does so by the Spirit. Oh, look at this. He will not speak on his own authority. Whatever he hears, he will speak. And he says it again. And will declare to you the things that are to come. This ability to hear is, is the first step in your walk of faith. It is the first step in applying the tool of faith that God has for us. Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in to him and eat with him and, and he with me. If anyone does what? Now this is often been used as a soul winning scripture, and I'm fine with that. There's only one problem with that. The scripture was given to the church. 
This was given to the born-again set. So he's saying that it's possible for people to even be in my church and not be doing what? Not listening to his voice. So we're not talking about physical ears. Even while I'm talking right now, there are all kinds of levels of hearing going on in this room. Some of you may be more in tune with the airflow. You might be more in tune with something that's going on. You know, um, you're trying to, to follow along on the Bible, but something took your attention away from the Bible app, and now you're, you're, you're surfing the web instead right now? <laughs> Pastor, how dare you? Pastor, how did you know that? I don't need the Holy Ghost to tell me <laughs> that not everybody is watching <laughs> their Bible app. Hallelujah. Doesn't take a rocket scientist. But there's all kinds of levels of hearing. Uh, and there are, are people that are so dialed into the Holy Ghost that there are things that I'm saying, but there are things that the Holy Ghost is saying in this faith atmosphere that you need right now in your life. Yes. And that's, that's why it's so important for you to not just read the Bible, but what? Yeah. Be sitting under the preached and proclaimed Word of God. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. In Revelation 2, 7, 11, and 17, he says these words, He who has ears to hear, let him what? Let him hear. Boy, that's an awful lot Jesus said about what? Hearing. Say it with me, my ears. Faith begins with hearing. I want you to shout that out. Faith begins with hearing. Because faith begins, Fostick said, where the will of God is known. And how can I know the will of God if the word's not being communicated to me? I can't. We often jump right to faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and contextualize it to mean that when you're reading the Bible, that's what it's talking about. No, reading the Bible is important for the renewing of the mind and it does, of course, lead ultimately to the cultivation of your faith. Every believer needs to be under the preached word right now more than ever before. That's where your spirit is struck with the realities of redemption. That's where the corporate anointing begins to reveal things to you that you may never receive all by yourself. This faith was never to be lived out in isolation, ever. And if you want more hearing, you want more faith, and it starts with hearing, you've got to be under that. Say so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Hebrews 2 1 says, Therefore, we must pay a closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. So, not just hearing, but making sure you hold on to it. Come on, say it. I'm not drifting away. Come on, say it again. I refuse to drift away. Can I tell you right now, that's exactly what the currents of this world are designed to get you to do. Amen. Come off your mooring, let the line drop or snap, and just go down the path that the enemy has for you. No, this is not a time to drift away. Now, what's the remedy for that? What's the, what's the precaution for that? What's the ability to prevent that? Hearing. Hearing. Now, the person in this room has to float away. And quite frankly, we can't afford to lose any more people that are born again, spirit-filled word people. Amen. We're on the lines right now. If you haven't figured it out, what this nation is facing right now is not natural. It is supernatural. So what do we need to be doing? Doing everything we can to make sure we're battling this thing in the supernatural. 
And I can't explain why God did it this way, but the Spirit of God is, is talking and God has chosen to use instruments, human instruments, to vocalize the Word of God because it's not just words going out. There's power going out. And we need that. And I'll tell you this, you know, have diligence when you're sitting under, whether it's a Sunday school teaching or God gave you a video or you're seeing something online, have a heart that honors and respects and receives because that's how God chose to do this. He could have done it a thousand different ways. Could he have done a mind meld like Spock if you wanted to? Raise your hand if you believe what I'm talking about. He could have. That's not what he chose to do. Amen. You say, why? Because God is a speaking spirit. And guess what you are? You were made in his image. You are as well. Go with me over to Romans 10 for a moment. Let's look at this. When you're there, say, I'm there. And I will go back and, and spend some time in, in verses 9 and 10. But I want you to look at uh, starting at verse 11. As Scripture says, Anyone who believes in Him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on Him. Do you believe that today? Yes. Uh, you people preach the blessing. That's why we preach the blessing. Because all that call on Him will be what? will be, in fact, blessed. He blesses how many? All. All. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? It's often said, well, why don't we just drop Bibles, you know, on these various communities that, that are not completely, you know, churched and reached with the gospel, because that's not what the Bible says to do. It didn't say drop a bunch of Bibles from aircraft on, on unreached people groups. How can they hear? How can they believe? How can they receive? They can't without someone preaching to them. And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Look at somebody and say, you need somebody preaching to you. Come on, say it again. You need, tell them, I know you. You need someone preaching to you. And how can anyone preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who, who bring or preach good news. We'll never apologize for being a good news church. It didn't come to bring bad news. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message. Consequently, now what that tells you is that hearing is critical, but that's not all faith is, is hearing. That's just the starting point. But I asked, did they not hear? Of course they did. Their voice has gone out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. Again, I ask that Israel not understand. First, Moses says, I'll make you envious by those who are not a nation. I'll make you angry by a nation that has no understanding. And Isaiah boldly says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I revealed myself to those who did not ask me. But concerning Israel, he says, all day long I've held up my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. Now, there's a possibility here. And do what? 
Happens all the time. It's alarming how many young people grow in, up in churches just like this and turn their back on the things of God. Can I tell you something? Uh, God's not going to be impressed with all your excuses. And, and in fact, if you use someone else's humanity as an excuse to reject your God, you're in big time in trouble with them. Because if you look for humanity, you'll find it in all of us. Are you here tonight? Consequently, go back to verse 17. Faith comes from hearing the message is heard through the word about Christ. This entire context, if you look at that, is about preaching. And this is why it's important to understand this dynamic. If you're not careful, you'll think faith cometh by reading. That's true. I'm going to come over here because... If you're not careful, you'll think that faith just comes by reading. And I'm a pastor, so I'm never going to do anything but encourage you to read the Word. But watch how subtle the past couple of years have been on the assault of the church. And if you think this was just about some nation or an economy or an election, you're crazy. The primary target of COVID was the Church of Jesus Christ, and particularly in the West. I don't believe that everybody that stopped coming to a church in America necessarily stopped reading the Word or even praying. But you will notice how anemic the church has become, how shriveled up the faith has become, how less than vibrant the, the activity has been and the lifestyles been and the fruit you know, that needs to go with it is not there. You say, why would that be? Because we are not designed to be separated from one another and we are not designed to read the Bible and do our own thing. You must, listen, you got, you, you got started in this thing from the priest word and you will continue growing through the priest word and when you stop submitting yourself to the priest and taught word of God, you will stop growing. I don't care who you are. Faith comes by hearing. So when someone says, I don't need to go to church, you just bought the lie. You fail to understand what Paul is communicating here. If you're going to you know, develop in your faith, you're going to have to have hearing, and hearing means you're going to be under the preached word of God. You say, what if I, I can't get a church? What if I'm on the road? Then look in the mirror and open up the Bible and preach to yourself. We live in a day where you can find somebody preaching the word of faith 24 hours a day now. In fact, there's an entire network dedicated to covering the earth with this word. What a miracle that is. Um, turn to somebody and say you're just without excuse. Um, we really are without excuse now, this generation. We just, we, we, God has blessed us so much. So the only explanation for us, you know, not exposing ourselves to the preached word of God is just laziness. Amen. Turn to somebody and tell them I cast that spirit of lazy out in Jesus' name. Come out. You know, you, know, you really can't explain how it works, but you can be sitting under the preached word of God and God will just rock your world and you'll never be the same. You could have, you know, six months of prayer and Bible reading on your own and not have that kind of experience that God can instantly do under the corporate anointing. This is how this works. Say it with me, I believe. Faith comes by hearing. But it's not just reading. 
Amen. Go to Ephesians 4 for a moment. Can you find it? Say, I'm there. Can you read the Word of God and then all of a sudden God opened up your eyes to something for, yeah. that you never saw before? Yeah. I want you to, to see it this way. In uh, Ephesians chapter 4, Look at verse 9. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended in the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was he who, what? Gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Say mature three times. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And what do all five of these ministry gifts, some people teach pastor teachers a single gift, but I've known pastors that can't teach. I know some teachers that can't pastor. So there are dimensions of those roles that, that are clearly defined, but what do all five of them have in common? Um, how many of you here when Jerry Seville is here doing our Jubilee? And we'll be coming back again um, for our 60th anniversary. Uh, what we do with Jerry and Jesse is we play them against each other. We tell Jerry that Jesse's coming, and Jesse, we tell Jerry's coming, and they both want to come. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, believe with me, it'll all work out again this time. And uh, the general will be here, uh, Dr. Barkley, whatnot. But, uh, but uh, when uh, Jerry definitely has an apostolic ministry, uh, particularly in the area of, of Africa, and has walked that out, and I believe other areas as well. But uh, how, does, how does he execute his ministry? Preaches. David? Um, Brother Hagen, the prophet of God, Brother Copeland, the prophet of God. Um, Dr. Barkley operates in that, uh, in that office. Uh, what, uh, how does he communicate? How, how does he do his ministry? He speaks. When evangelists come through, how does an evangelist operate in their ministry? They speak. You ought to know the answer to this one. How does a pastor teacher execute their ministry? It's Wednesday night. We're here right now. What am I doing? If you said speaking, you win, amen. The big, really big bear, amen, at the fair. They speak. All five gifts to the church for its equipping, development, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of maturity, they all have what in common? They speak. Which means if you're going to grow into the fullness, you're going to have to be under the preached and taught word of God. I don't care who you are. It doesn't make any difference how much you know. No matter how far you come in the things of God, you still need to be under the Word of God. Yes. Yes. Amen. And that's why I have so much respect for a lot of people. I go to the you know, minister's conference in January, and I, I see, uh, you know, Brother Copeland still sitting there and 80-something years old with his Bible and his pen and notebook out. I still see great men of God that don't miss a service. You know, uh, 
a lot of people come and fly in, like for the Believers Convention, and they, and they fly out and they do whatever. But um, Keith Moore, for example, has two services, and usually uh, a morning and afternoon service, something like that. And But I know something about him. You know what? He'll be at every service where he's not preaching or teaching. No wonder the grace of God is on his life so strongly. Could he be doing something else? Oh, well, I'm sure. Could he be tending to something with the ministry? I'm sure. But what's he doing? After all that time in Ramah, after all that time under Brother Hagin, after all this time in ministry, what is he doing? He is still putting himself under the preached word of God. What an example for all of us. Amen. But there are people in the body of Christ when they reach a certain level, like, I have no need of man to teach me anymore. Boy, pride goes before. And right then and there, because you decided that I don't need it anymore, you stop growing. Or you could be developing and going to places you've never been before. So it's, it's important to, to start this thing under preaching and keep going, no matter how old you are. Amen. What do you think is going to happen in heaven? If you think service is long on earth, you ain't saying nothing yet. The believers' conventions last an eternity. <laughs> Literally. Amen. Say it with me. Apostles, Apostles. prophets, prophets. Evangelists, evangelists, pastors, pastors. Teachers. teachers, all, all. Speak. The gifts directly given by Jesus were to put us under the preached and taught word of God. That's how we grow. And there is no substitute for it. So when a Christian decides that the CDC is more authoritative than Jesus, you know, what his word says, and fear is more authoritative in their life than the Lord, and they cut themselves away from the preached word of God, the devil's just having a laughing fit over it. You say, what do you do if you got caught up in that stuff? You repent and get back on your horse. Amen. Amen. Tell me, I need... To be under the preached word of God. In a split second, one word from God can change your life forever. That's most likely to happen under the corporate anointing, amen, where the word is being preached in somebody's life that actually has that anointing. Um, now, what do you need? You need to understand that if you're not hearing, then it's not faith. If you're not hearing God, it's not faith. And you and I know that we can't live off of somebody else's word, no matter how much you'd like to. Well, I heard somebody sold a car, and then, you know, God blessed them with a brand new vehicle, debt-free, so I'm just going to go out, and I'm going to give my car away. Uh, you're going to be taking the bus or driving a bike down the highway, and I'll wave at you when I go by, because you operate on somebody else's what? Word. Pharaoh tried that. He looks across that water, he saw the water wall over here and the water wall, then you know, and all the people of God crossing over and Moses standing there with a staff and what a marvel that was. And that's a great trick. The problem is the last word to Pharaoh was, let my people go. The last word to Moses was, go. And Pharaoh thought, well, I'll just act on Moses' word and see what turns out here. And what ended up was a total annihilation of the most powerful army on the face of the earth at that time. You say, what happened there? God just holding his word for his people. Same thing happens over in Numbers chapter 14. The spies, of course, came back in 12 and 13, and it was a great land. Say a great land. Great land. 
In other words, they spied the land out and found out that God was lying or telling the truth. Telling the truth, but they put their eyes on all the obstacles and all the reasons they couldn't do it, and they spread an evil report of unbelief. Caleb tried to silence the people, amen, in the presence of God, where they grumbled and spread all this throughout the camp. And God finally says this. He says, you know what? All that stuff you've been saying, I'm going to put it into action for you. I'm going to honor the words of your mouth. And you know, it wasn't very long after that that 10 of the 12 spies were dead. Next thing you know, the people are saying, let's go up and take the land. Let's go do what the Lord told us to do. The problem is the command has now what? Shifted. And they were not supposed to go up. Then Moses said, you're going to be defeated. Did they listen? No. How many of us are hard, hard, hard-headed people? He said, well, born-again people aren't that hard-headed. I'll just save that for another sermon for another time. <laughs> but I've known some born-again hard-headed people that would have fit right in with that crew. And uh, it's important that we hear and we operate in faith when he's talking to us. Timing with God is important. Amen. Jude 20. What does it say? Beloved, build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. When, when you do this, uh, there are lots of things that are activated and lots of things that we teach, but I want you to see this in this context. When you do this, you actually sensitize yourself to hear God better than you ever have in your entire life. When you pray profusely in the Holy Ghost, you're more likely to receive a directive. Whether it's laying hands on somebody, sowing a seed, a do-good seed, praying for somebody, calling somebody. When you've not been actively using your prayer language, you're what? It's not that God's not talking. It's that you're not as sensitive as you should be. So what happens is it's the hearing that is, of course, what germinates the faith and what causes your faith to rise up like an edifice using the gift of tongues. You become more and more and more sensitive. You know, through the years, uh, I've just really enjoyed hearing God and doing things he tells me to do. The exciting part of it. And seeing how God can bless people through you if you just listen. But I'm telling you, a spiritual Christian who will turn tongues off will have a hard time hearing the specific word for them. And not only do, you know, does that cause you to miss out, it causes other people to miss out on what God would do through you. Look at somebody in town. Get in the word and pray in the Holy Ghost. You know, if you understood what you're dealing with right now spiritually, you would pray more in the spirit than you ever have in your entire life. And I'm going to just say this boldly. That's why parents and grandparents, don't you dare let your kids, you know, be excused from the things of the Spirit. You need to raise them up in the things of the Spirit. They don't need to just be taught how to go to heaven. They need to be taught how to fight the good fight while they're here on this earth. And they need these tools. They need to be able to hear from God. I've often said this. Nobody will parent your kid better than the Holy Ghost. Amen. Timothy was convinced. I had eyes in the back of my head. I'd bring something to his attention, and he just looked like he'd be hitting the head with an iron, you know. Uh, how do you find out that? Well, the Holy Ghost. Does he not know all things? Is God not all present, all powerful? He's also all knowing. 
And you don't have to wait for a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom to tap into that knowledge any day of your life. Watch this, the combination of being under the preached word of God and praying profusely in the spirit sensitizes you to hear better. There's all kinds of technology out there that can help people. Uh, my mom's latest set of hearing aids actually works with an app on the phone. And so she can turn up ambient noise, turn it down. She can turn it way up in church. A couple weeks ago she said, I heard every word you said because I had that devices on. I have a theory that she's been hearing me for a long time. She doesn't want to admit it. <laughs> everybody say, hearing. hearing. So everybody say, say it again, say hearing. hearing. Uh, that, it's, a, it's a wonder what they have right now. These apps, you know, the ability to control those things and, and just whatever's going on, whatever environment you're in, you can fine tune them so that you can still hear what you need to hear. That's what we have except it's supernatural. If we use it. Amen. I don't mind telling you this. I was just telling Kelly this. Uh, you know, this afternoon I just feel prompted to tell you. I was uh, uh, going through some papers that my, that my dad had. And uh, I can tell you this, that uh, when he years ago was diagnosed with a disease only 11 people in the world had, nine were dead, the 10th was dying in Brazil, and he was the 11th according to Washington University in St. Louis. Um, you know, people prayed for him and and God supernaturally healed him. My sister had written him a, a note of encouragement about, you know, you know, claiming his healing, holding on to his healing. And he didn't, he didn't say anything about it. He didn't write back for a long, long time. And then out of the blue one month, he wrote her a card. And he said, I have claimed my healing, and this will not come on me again in Jesus' name. So you never know what's going on in the hearts of people in your family. Um, and, uh, and, and the truth of the matter is, he went home to be a Lord, but it was not from that disease. That's right. That disease never came back on him. Right. He was the exception. Amen. He was, he was the one in terms of that thing. But um, what I stumbled on the other day was an envelope my mom handed me, and on the outside it said petition. I thought, okay, that's in some trust stuff and some official financial papers. What, what could this possibly be? And um, I opened it up, and, and Tracy, it was a piece of paper from Metal Mall from those tablets. And it had to come from you somehow. So we know that he wrote this sometime between when that tablet was given to him in the past couple of years and the day that, uh, that he left. And um, it just described in some very powerful ways what was going on in his own heart. And it was a petition. And the first thing that hit me is, where did he get the idea that he could write a prayer petition? I know exactly where he got that idea. Mm-hmm. The preached word of God. That's right. Amen. And didn't get it in Arizona. You understand what I'm saying to you? Yeah. Um, so the very first thing in that petition was, he said, say, Lord, uh, uh, please take away Doris's pain. It's been too long. That was his first statement on the piece of paper. It wasn't do this for me. His first thought was, I want a prayer petition to minister. And he had a prayer petition there about, uh, about debt and about supply. Uh, there's a prayer petition, um, another component on there that said, uh, um, help our little puppy have a long life. Amen. 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 You should pray for my puppy right now to do the same thing, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Pray hard, pray. And um, 
And, and lo and behold, I'm reading this thing, and of course, this is, this is, this is stuff that by and large is just between him you know, and the Lord, but there it was. And the next line said, uh, you know, help Art to continue to preach effectively. And I wasn't sure how to take that one, but <laughs> but he wanted he wanted to continue. Well, where you know where is he where is he picking up this stuff? Because the Spirit of God is teaching him under the preached Word of God, and uh, you know it's very very powerful. And uh, he signed. I wish he had dated it, but I have a general idea because of that tablet from Metal Mall, the time frame of it all. But all I'm telling you is that he was raised in Lutheran church. Um, they went to a good uh, evangelical church in Arizona, uh, but they didn't uh, get to a, a word of faith church, a non-compromising, spirit-filled church where the gifts, aren't you glad the gifts are welcome? Aren't you glad the Holy Ghost is welcome? Don't you ever take that for granted? Uh, that wasn't until they, they came here. So it's really neat to see what God was doing by the Spirit of God you know, in his own life. So, um, you pray for my puppy. That, amen. Praise the Lord. Pray hard. <laughs> He's just a baby. That's what she says. She's just a baby. But uh, you want to make sure that uh, you're sitting under that preached word, wherever it is, whatever it is. And if it's not of God, then you, you need to ask yourself why you're listening to it in the first place. Because there's a lot of junk out there. Be discerning about what you're subjecting yourself to. But if what's going forth is the truth, you need to be bumping that up, not walking out less and less and less, exposing yourself to it less and less. Not the days that we're living in. You know, seven sons of Sceva over in Acts chapter 19 thought that, hey, what Paul's doing is pretty cool here, casting out devils. I think we'll do that too. Does anybody know how that turned out? Yep. Yeah. Uh, how many know the word of the Lord came to Paul to deal with those yeah. demons? And the seven sons of Sceva were just doing little imitation, which is what sometimes people do in the spirit realm. There's no authority, no relationship there. And what happened to them? They got whipped and stripped. I mean, I understand that's not what we want to be as believers today, whipped and stripped. We want to be victorious. But what do they do? They're just trying to parrot what he was saying, but there's no word from the Lord for them. We need to have that word in our lives. You know, I think about Jesus hearing a direct word from the Father when he chose the disciples. Amen. How many glad that he chose and he picked? And, and yes, there was one that was a rascal, but he didn't have to be. If you think that Judas lost his free will when he was chosen, that's just simply not true. God looked down through time and saw exactly what he would do. That's why he's called the son of perdition. Not because he had to be the son of perdition, but what does he do? He, he's praying and God is actually speaking to him. David paused before he went after the enemy at Ziklag. Shall I pursue? And God told him what? Pursue. He knew at that point God was going to provide a way and a means to get the victory because he did that. Jehoshaphat and his people didn't know what to do when the kings came together to make war against his people, but they all began to gather, amen, and began to praise God and worship God. And a prophetic voice went out, which is what? God breaking through and said what to these people? You're not going to have to fight this battle. What you need to do is understand it is mine. What you need to do is stand in faith and believe me. And out of that came a strategy to do what? Well, let's demonstrate our faith by putting singers at the front of the military column. That's what the United States Army does in the Marines. 
They come barreling off of those, you know, floats and off of those vehicles, you know, and into the beach area, and they're singing praises to God. That's not what happens. But well, that's what happened that day. And how many know the Lord proved it was his battle? With what? With a word. Turn to somebody and tell them, hearing is the first step to faith. And not just generically 15 chapters in the Bible, but God speaking to you, not just of the Logos or the totality of the Word of God, but a rhema, a specific word for you from the Word for that circumstance. That's what you have to hear. And watch this, that's where the faith comes from. And you'll never be the same. Say it with me, God's doing something in me. Say it again, He's doing something in me. In Luke chapter 17, we don't know at what point the lepers heard about Jesus, but when they saw him, what did they do? They began to cry out, have mercy on us. Jesus gives them a command. They obeyed the command as they went and did what they were told. They were healed. That's why I'm telling you that hearing is not enough. Oh, we heard there's Jesus. Isn't that awesome? There's Jesus, the healer. He could probably heal us, but we've got better things to do today than listen to him or talk to him. Hearing was the first step. But you see, they acted on what they heard, and great things happened. How about Bartimaeus? Huh? Why did he cry out? Because he heard some things about Jesus. And like religious people do, What'd they say? I told him, just shut up, as if he was bothering God. So what did Bartimaeus do? Why would he yell all the more? Because well, he believed what he heard. Now he's adding his voice, the third step, right? And they come to him, the same people that rebuked him five seconds before, be of good cheer. He's calling for you. <laughs> Amen. How many other they're hypocrites in every generation? Yeah, there are. So he throws his cloak aside. What does that tell you? No more begging. I heard something. Yes. Went to the Lord. And what does the Lord do? No, he asks him this question. What do you want me to do? How many love for the Lord to ask you that question? And he said he wanted to sight. What did he get that day? But what did it start with? It started with hearing. Luke chapter 5, around verse 17, the Bible says that Jesus was ministering and the power to heal the sick was present. The room was filled with Pharisees. Why didn't they go home healed? They never got to step one. They never heard a thing he said. They were not there to hear, to be taught, to receive. They were there to somehow, you know, snivel and, and criticize and rebuke and try to see what he was up to, but not receive. The presence of the power of God, and yet, because they couldn't hear, they can never receive. Amen. We can't, we can't be like that, church. Amen. In our hearing, let's stay humble. Who saved you? Jesus. Who baptized you in the Holy Ghost? Jesus. Who's blessing your life? Jesus, it's all about the grace of God. Everything you have, he did. Everything you'll ever do is about him. It shouldn't make us prideful. It should make us even more humble. Would you be amazed how many people will hear something new 
And then all of a sudden, everything they knew before is irrelevant. They're going to do the new thing and disconnect from what God had taught them and disconnect from people they were with because they're now better than that. I've had more than a few people disconnect from our lives personally as ministers of the gospel because they got a revelation of love. I'm still trying to figure out how love acts that way. We're all about the love of God. We're all about God's a God of love. Do you realize that you can still hold on to your revelation of faith while you're operating in love too? Did you have to throw down that so you could walk in this? No, your faith will work better if you're operating in love. But you weren't operating in love at all. You're operating, we got a revelation you don't have so hardy, hard, hard. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? That's not how you want to be. Why am I saying this to you? I'm telling you this because the Holy Ghost is getting ready to hover over this church and pour out revelation like you can't believe and then back it up with power and signs and wonders and that can't cause us to get a big head. It's not us, it's Him. Due season is here. I said due season is here. It's always been his plan. It will always be his plan. I don't know why he marked this crazy church for greatness. I don't. I mean, look at those domes over there. My professor at Murray State, you know, when he said, Art goes to that church, looks like Dolly Parton. That's what he said. Really? I asked the pastor, I said, so what were you going to do when you outgrew those domes? Well, we were going to build the mother of all domes. Mike, I don't think so. <laughs> so when we built this building, it was boring. 120 by 120. There you go. <laughs> the most unlike a dome you could find. Amen. He's getting ready to do some great things in you and through you. Amen. What you want to be is is hungrier than you've ever been before. I've heard, I've heard Brother Copeland say this in the past four or five years, almost every time that I was listening to him live. He said, I'm, he said you're looking at the hungriest man for God alive. You know what? I'm starting to believe that. He's still going. 85 years old, preaching the word of God. Amen. That's what you want to be, the hungriest person alive. Turn to somebody and tell them, get hungry. Get hungrier. Take what you've had and thank God for it. Thank God for your foundation. Build on it now. You, don't, you didn't get that just so one day you can go to heaven. That, that is here to make a difference on this planet in these last days. Revelation shouldn't cause you to become prideful. It should cause you to become humble. Amen? Um, when Keith Moore was actually at Rama, and Brother Hagen was there, uh, something happened in, in Tulsa. There was two or three or four ministers that started flowing and operating in some things that God was doing. And the staff got excited, and the, and the students got excited, and, and they noticed that he wasn't all that excited. So he would just stick to what he was doing, you know, Brother Hagen in the classes and stuff like that. And uh, it became real clear, though, for those that were listening, that he had some issues scripturally with some of the things that were going on. But they were excited. They began, several of them thought, well, he's, he's old, you know, he's over the hill, God's doing a new thing, that kind of a thing. And thinking that kind of attitude is going to propel those people to victory. God will never propel you to victory on the heels of disrespect and dishonor for no, those that have come no, before you. No. 
You say, well, we've gone beyond that. Well, let me tell you something. You wouldn't have gotten to where you were before you went on if you hadn't been under that ministry. That's right. Amen. And uh, fortunately, you know, Keith began to wise up. They were all young. He said, I didn't know what, but I just kept sensing and kept hearing this thing. And there's a reason why he wasn't all that thrilled with a little party going on across town. Because when he pastored out there with farmers and ranchers, he said that uh, these people would try everything. And so over time, he saw everything. He said, he said people would begin to call what they called loosening meetings. And you'd go there to get loose from everything. Whatever might be holding on to you, you were loosed from it. He goes, the next thing would be a deliverance meeting. They would all go to deliverance meetings and deliverance meetings. And whatever they were bound by, whatever they needed help with, they get delivered. And then they go to the next meeting would be the get free meeting. So they'd all go to the get free meeting. And then Hagen noticed something. Six months, a year later, they're all dealing with the same problems they had before they went to the loosening and the delivering and the get free meetings. And he began to inquire of God, why is that? And these people, of course, would all pray for the folks when they would come. He said that uh, you know they're trying to get through prayer, but they can only get through faith. Not one or the other. But sometimes as you grow up, it's no longer, hey, if I could just get Wilma to pray for me. Now, how about you hear from the Spirit of God on the Word of God? Faith comes by hearing and walk that thing out to victory. Amen? What was he saying? He wasn't impressed with the party going on in Tulsa because he had already been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. Heaven and earth will pass away. But what? But my word will never pass away. What you want is a hungry heart that is, that is hearing at a level you never have before. Say it with me, faith starts with hearing. We don't want to stop there, but there's no point moving forward until we, don't, until we start hearing him again. Amen. So here's what I recommend you do. I recommend you go back to your teaching tapes and go back to your MP3s and go back to watching quality broadcasting where they're teaching the uncompromised word of God. Being in the house of God every chance you can because that's where you're going to hear and your spirit's going to be struck with the realities of redemption. And you're going to go to a level you've never been before. Or you can buy the lie that it just doesn't take all that. I've worked with some people for decades. And I'm telling you, they are just as anemic right now as they were four or five decades ago. You say, why? Because they never got a clue that to be in the house of God was critical for their growth. There are people that sit in the house of God and don't grow one iota. Because what? They may be there, but they're not hearing. Amen. But you know, the Bible says that to, to the hungry, every bitter thing is sweet. Amen. Say it with me, to the, bitter, to the hungry, even the bitter things are sweet. So you do, what you do, you, you walk out of here and you begin to say, I want some more. I want some more. I want some more. I want to hear. And you can. You can wake up with the faith teaching on, you can go to bed with the faith teaching on. You can walk around with it on. You can have it playing in your car. You can be as strong in faith as you want to or as weak in faith as you want to. It's all going to depend on your level of hearing. 
That scripture in Mark talks about with the same measure you meet, it will be what? Measured to you. Take heed what you hear. Um, well, Pastor, I just don't have time to do all that. Yeah, and, and you just binge watch 15 episodes or something, but you don't have time to listen. Time is not the issue. It's priority that's the issue for, for all of us. Do we, do we get that something could happen? See, we're not going to talk about uh, our time together as if it's the only place where God can explode a revelation in your life. That's not true. That's not fair. It's not accurate. But I am telling you this. If you'll take that same heart you have right now out there and keep listening, God will cause those explosions to happen to you wherever you are. That's right. Amen. You're living in an exciting day. Amen. Amen. Say it with me. Hearing Hearing. is the first step in using my faith faith. as a tool. tool. I mean, you know, you gotta you gotta charge that thing before it works. Wouldn't be sad if I put the Allen wrench down and put the Allen the little hex bit in (laughs) and pull the trigger on the drill. The battery was dead. Wouldn't that have been pathetic? (laughs) And then I had to pick up that Allen wrench again and finish that job. How terrible that would have been. But no, I'm telling you what, it was, on, it was working, and right now it's on the charger for whatever else, whatever other honeydews I've got coming for me. <laughs> Amen. Did you receive that tonight? Come on, give him a hand clap and thank him for his word.